theyeshiva.net. So, filtzach minish tazay bakvem read in English tazahimish noilam. Aber kol masha balabayis oymalacha asay chutz mitzay. The mail is beautiful. As what you bet in reading enough English, well, I read enough English. Thank you very much, Reb Moshe, for your beautiful words, both previously and your introductory remarks. They tell an old anecdote about a rabbi who would always give sermons about how you have to love children. One day, they were paving his driveway. And you know, when children see fresh pavement, their mission statement is, you have to leave your mark on this world. So they make sure to begin engraving in the pavement their initials or any other message they wanted to engrave. And the rabbi sees this on this fresh pavement. He paid so much money to make a beautiful driveway. And he loses it. And he begins hollering at the kids. You're a bunch of spoiled brats. Self-centered, narcissistic kids. Where were you raised? A chutzpah to come on somebody's property and write your initials in my pavement. He's hollering on the top of his lungs that Ebbetson hears her husband losing it. So she comes running out. And she sees how he's hollering at these frightened kids. She says, I don't understand you, my dear husband. Every Shabbos at the pulpit, you're the one who speaks and waxes eloquently about treating children with dignity and respect, even when they're not behaving, being sensitive. What are you hollering at them? He looks at his wife and he says, my dear wife, I love children in the abstract, not in the concrete. Now, it's very easy to love children in the abstract. In the concrete, it's a whole different parasha. You know, there <laughs> was once a Makubal, he came to New York, and the couple came to see him. They didn't have children. And they asked him if he could bless them to have children. So he said he's going back to Eretz Yisrael tonight. He asked them for their names and mother's names, the husband and the wife. And he said he'll put it in the Kaisal. He's going to the Kaisal tomorrow. He's going to put it in a daven for them. Gewaldik. They give him the names. He leaves. Five years later, he comes back to the same community. And the wife is walking in the street. And this Kabbalist, this Makubal, sees her. And he looks at her and he greets her and he says... Has there been good news? She says, Baruch Hashem, we have been blessed with ten children. He looks at her, ten children? How did that happen? She says, a year afterwards, we were blessed with triplets. The next year, we had twins. We decided we needed a break. So we took a break a year. Then we had triplets again. And then we had twins so today we have, can I inherit a minion of children in the house? The Mekubal is overwhelmed. He 
He turns to her and he says, where's your husband? I want to give him a big hug and a big kiss and wish him mazel tov. She says, my husband is in Eretz Yisrael. He says, really? What's in Eretz Yisrael? He went to Yerushalayim. What's, why did he go? He went to the Kaisal. Why? He's looking for the note. He wants to take it out. So everybody understands. So do Yaakov Esav ha'amudim b'parashim. There's chinuch, the way people talk about it, and give drushes and seminars and workshops, vaniya katan And then there is the world of chinuch in the moment, in the concrete, in reality, especially when things are stressful, a house is filled with children, people are not feeling well, people are exhausted and tired, children are having challenges. Parents are having challenges. And then, sometimes all the most beautiful theories get thrown out the window when you have to deal with reality. A number of years ago, it's quite a few years ago already, once heard from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, a very moving line. He said, everybody asks the question, the first Rashi in this week's parsha. Va'era el Avram el Yitzchak vel Yaakov. Zok Rashi, va'era... El ha'avis. If by Parshas Ve'eda you don't know that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are the others, <laughs> what were you doing from Parshas Lech Lecha, from Parshas Noyach, till Parshas Ve'eda? Really? Rashi has to teach me in Parshas Ve'eda, by the way. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are the others. They were the others of Klal Yisrael. What were you doing this whole time? From Simchas Teda, from after Simchas Teda till now. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe said something very moving. He said, Rashi Zoktavort. Rashi is saying as follows. Avram, Mitzak, and Yaakov were incredible people. Ha'ava is heinein ha'merkava. Avram was the embodiment of Ava and Yitzchak Yireh and Yaakov Emes and Tiferes and Teira and Rachamim. Each one, their personalities, they were, like the Gemara says, Ha'odom ha'godol ba'anokim is Avram avinu. Echad ha'ya Avram. Yitzchak with his uniqueness and Yaakov Bachar Shabbat it says in Medrash Rabbah. Each one of them was a gigantic personality, spiritually speaking, idealistically speaking, people who revolutionized the world and each one of them served Hashem with an incredible commitment and dedication and depth that we can't even describe with words. So Va'eda, such great people merit to see Hashem. Va'eda, I appear to them. Zakrashi, there's something much deeper. You know why Ve'era? El Ha'avois. Tatus. Not Avram Yaakov. Sometimes you have people, they're great, great people. Really great souls, gigantic hearts. Kishrin, brilliant minds. Powerful, great people physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, financially. Reb Moshe, enough adjectives. And it's really amazing. But the Va'edah, you know why I appear to them is? El Ha'avais. Because they became fathers. They became fathers. And don't take it for granted. In this world, the two are often mutually exclusive. And I'll tell you why. To really become a great person and develop your Kishrin, dealing with children on a daily basis can really encumber that. They say that the Briskerov once saw a safe of the Chazaynish. It's a sad story. In the Litvashi Yeshivas, they tell the story. 
And the briskerov, it's a real lit for Shemai, said the briskerov took a look and he said, Ich wollte das auch, ich kann machen, aber ich wollte nicht gehabt Kinder. Because I knew she didn't have children. When a person is dealing with children, when a person, you know, Benazai, Nafshei Choshka Batayda, it's true with all Balei Kishrin, you'll see that marriage and children is very difficult for them. A lot of very, in the secular world, talented people, artists, when it comes to marriage and children, they're the worst of the worst. It's a very interesting thing. I'm just saying this, that a Chagav, it's not really our discussion, but it's good to think about if you're familiar with the greatest personalities in the secular world, people who really made a great contribution, you'll ask their children about them. They were the worst of the worst. I'll give you one name, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was deemed by Time Magazine as the man of the century. They had a choice between two people. Who were the most two influential people in the last century? From 1900 to, to 2000 to 2000, who had the greatest impact in the world? Time magazine had to choose between two people. Adolf Hitler, Yemach Shemai, or Albert Einstein. And when I was studying, I was looking at the choice, I thought to myself, one was a Jew, and the other one was obsessed with Jews. And that was the choice. Thankfully, they chose Professor Einstein because of his contribution. And he did amazing things, but if you would speak to his children about him, I'm not going to get into the details. You could research it. You'll see. And there's a reason for it. Greuse Kopp mentioned poets, scientists, thinkers, goinim, brilliant minds, great spirits, authors, essayists, professors. Who has time? This one has a headache. This one has an earache. This one you didn't get him a slurpee. This one needs ice cream. This one needs a milkshake. This one wants to go to school. Doesn't want to go to school. Likes the bus. Doesn't like the bus. Yankee got first, Chaim got first, Voidi always gets first. Let my wife deal with it. The greatness of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov even greater than Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov is. They became fathers. They were fathers. And what it means to be a father is that I'm here for my child, not on my terms, but on his terms. On her terms. It means that I get off my high, tall horse, whatever that horse looks like, and I sit down on the ground. I sit down on the ground and I connect. And I'll prove it to you in the end of Meseches Megillah, the Gemara discusses which Kriyas HaTorah you do for each. Yom tef. And it's a very straight rule. So on Pesach, you read the parish of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. On Shavuos, the parish of Matan Torah. On Sukkot, you read parishes connected to Sukkot. On Hanukkah, we read Hanukkah Samishkan. Purim, we read Vayavay Amalek. It makes a lot of sense. Yom Kippur, Achrei Mois. So now I ask you, if you had to choose the Kriya Satayra for Rosh Hashanah, what should be the Kriya Satayra for Rosh Hashanah? The day when Adam and Chava were created, Zehayam Tchilas Masach. What should be the Kriya Satayra? Simple. Beneshiz bara elikim es hashamayim veis haaretz vayomer elikim nasa Adam. It's all mechit the same. It's not complicated. You take a look at the Kriya Satayra of Rosh Hashanah. There's not a word about the creation of the world. What is it about? 
It's all about mothers struggling with children. You have the Parshas HaKedah, you have the Maisa with Yishmael, with Yitzchak, with Hagar, with Sodom. You take a look at the Haftarah. One day it's a Maisa with Shmuel, and Chana, and Eipnina, and Eli, and Elkanah. The next day, Rachel Mavaka Albanaha. Because how do Jews celebrate the creation of the Gantzavelt? A Gantzavelt, B'reish's Barelekim. What do we talk about? One child struggling to have a child, to raise a child, to give a child what they need. That sums up the core of Judaism. The Ponovich once said, the definition of an orphan is, he doesn't have parents. What's the definition of an orphaned generation? A generation that doesn't have children. That was more powerful than everything else. They created children. Avram created a Yitzchak, Yitzchak created a Yaakov, and Yaakov created a Mitosei Shleim, all of us. So first and foremost, it's important to salute those who understand that as great as you will achieve and become on every level, Ruchmiyaz, Gashmiyaz, and everyone should have only prosperity on every level in Tayron, in Midis, and in Gelt, and in Alts. It all pales in comparison to the great contribution of really looking in the mirror and be able to say, I'm a father. And let's face it, it's not easy. <laughs> in my shul, in Muncie, I met a teenager the other day, and he says, Rabbi, why, why? You know, it's not easy raising parents today. I'm like, really? Tell me about it. And he starts telling me how hard it is for him to raise his parents. <laughs> but he was actually saying something very deep. Because let me tell you something. There's nobody in life that will challenge you and tell you the truth like your children. I know in the olden days it was like, but no frask ever caused a child to stop thinking and feeling what they're feeling. At best, it caused them to repress it and then go to therapy when they're 50. There's nobody that will challenge you and tell you the truth about you and your spouse, like your children. You could look at it as a curse, but you could look at it as a blessing. Somebody asked me, why is it this minhig? The dafikaiman, you hide. It's called tzafon, yeah? But bahal, tzafon means to bahalten, lahat spin. And then who finds dafikaiman? Children. They find it under the couch, they find it in the safe, they find it on the roof, wherever you put your afikaiman. And then they want, in my days, what do you get for an afikaiman? You remember, yeah? The rich, rich, rich family's got a Parker pen, right? Or a, if you were a Rockefeller, you got a, a, a Parker pen or a, or a calculator. And the Adamalite got a potato chips or a black and white or a bell. Today, right, it's a Lamborghini, it's a private yacht, it's a private jet. Even if you're a schnorrer, at least a tablet. If not, they could sue you and they call child services for the abuse that you bought them a piece of mazoinus for an afikaiman. So somebody asked, what's the secret of this mimic? I said, I'll tell you. Here's the rule. We hide a lot of things. That's what it is, tzafam. 
What the Seder is telling you is, whatever you hide, your children are going to reveal. May take a few hours, may take a few years, may take a few decades. Whatever I and my wife hide, my children are going to expose. Now when they do, we could do one of two things. We could look at them and start screaming at them. You're destroying our perfect family. Our family is Miss Salto, Miss Shamanov, Borough Park, Williamsburg, Vahagalil. Our family, we were the most perfect family. You know that? The Shatchanim have been running after our family for the last four and a half thousand years. And you are the one destroying it and exposing things that... That's one approach, whether you say it or you feel it. Or another approach is, you look at your child, you take the Afikaiman, and you say thank you. And you reward them for bringing out things that we were not comfortable to see. And only then can we say together, L'shana haba, B'Yerushalayim. And in our generation... Somehow our children are being mahadir in this mitzvah of giluya afikayma. Things that were covered, were buried under the carpets for many generations. You remember it used to be the style that everybody had to have a wall-to-wall carpet. You remember? Why? Because Today's already a new style. No carpets. You can ask your wife. No carpets, right? Beer floors. There's a Navu in the Neil that before Mashiach comes, he's Baru, Vislabnu, Vitsarfurabim. So Vizaina Birur, everything is gonna be clear. Meloshan Boirir, Borur, Yislabnu, Libun, Tsiruf. Things come out. When things come out, it's not comfortable. Nobody likes it. It's hard. And today, everything, almost everything is coming out. So there's two options. One option is you deny it or you get upset or you get angry, or you realize that we have now an incredible historic opportunity to actually be able to experience Yiddishkeit from a much more authentic place. The Chayz of Lublin writes, listen to this, the Chayz of Lublin writes, Shamati, may the Bzusha neder yoyer, the Rebbe the Bzusha of Anapoli, that when it says in the last Mishnah in Saita, Pe'ikvais Meshicha, before Mashiach comes, the chutzpah is going to be crazy. etc. One of the lines is, People will become disgusted by those who fear sin. So the Bzusha said, the Chayz of Ublin quotes him, will be uncomfortable, allergic to a Yiddish guy that's based solely on fear because they're going to be searching for a relationship that is based on love and connection. Imagine if somebody was to ask you, why do you behave nicely to your wife? And the answer you would give is, I am frightened. If I don't do what I have to do, what I wrote in the Ksuva, what I was behind in the Ksuva, my wife won't cook. There's no breakfast, no lunch, no dinner, no laundry, no Shabbos, no Yom Tif. The house is achurva. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Any other reason? Absolutely not. The punishments are going to be very harsh. And if you know my wife, you would also be scared. And if you knew my shvigar, 
You would be doubly scared to do with a mindset there was a bacha, find a yeshiva bacha. And he went on a date, the meaning of that kehillah, whatever type of kehillah it was. Anyway, the girl comes home after a few dates. Mother says, no. She says, he's a gewaldic guy. He's, he's, he's gewaldic. Gewaldic, you want to get engaged? I would love to, but one thing, he doesn't believe in Gehenna. I asked him. He Pasha doesn't believe in Gehenna. The mother says, don't worry, you could still get engaged. She says, why? Mother says, between you and me, we will prove it to him. Don't worry, he doesn't need a munis. He's going to experience with the Gemara's Octanative and his Menamas to this joke. If you would know my Smigaf, you would be scared. That's why I'm a good husband. Anybody called Shayashlai Mayach Bekat Kadai. I mean, if this is what's causing you not to do Dvarim Mu'usim in Thailand, Shayakach. Anything that motivates you not to do an Aveda is already Shangut. But that's not a marriage that you look for. <laughs> it's a Rachmanis. Zagda Maharal and Agdamata Teferis Yisro. The Yisoyed of Teres of Hashemta, but the Maharal says it. Maral says, for Jews says, I learned Torah and I do mitzvahs because I want Olam Haba. He says, you're not serving Hashem, you're a narcissist. <laughs> One guy serves Hashem because he wants kugel. And a smart guy says, I'm serving Hashem, I'm investing in Olam Haba, but I'm investing in my kugel. I don't need physical kugel, I want spiritual kugel. There's no relationship. It's not a relationship. Zak the Before Mashiach, Yireh Jews are looking for a real relationship. You know what the schar for a good marriage is? Not that she does my laundry. Schar mitzvah. Mitzvah. The greatest reward for a relationship that is powerful is the relationship. You're not going to get more than the mitzvah. To graduate from one model to another model, there's chevle leida, there's birth pangs. It's not posh, it's a kura barzel. It's the birth pangs of our generation. I was sitting here by dinner with Reb Cheski Kaftel, and he described to me how 14 years ago, he and his colleagues founded the yeshiva in a conference room. And I said, how many people were there? He said, we founded the yeshiva with 14 people, 14 children. I said, how do you know 14? He says, because I'm the donut man. So Hanukkah, I'm the one who distributes donuts. And the first Hanukkah, I bought 14 donuts. And it was enough for all the kids. And maybe even one or two of the staff members that stole one of the donuts to eat uh, inside. So I said, and this year, how many donuts did you distribute? He said, 600 donuts. I distributed. <laughs> donut man. Donut man. You never, nobody ever had to convince a child to eat a donut. <laughs> nobody ever had to sit down. Kinderlach, we're going to have a shear today why you should want a donut. Never happened. Whoopsie. Why not? 
Nobody ever had to give a shear, not in Crown Heights, not in Muncie, not in Lakewood, not in Williamsburg, not in Borough Park, not in Golders Green, not even in Mayor Shardim, okay, you're safe for the B'nai Brak. Why a person should enjoy a steak or an ice cream or sushi or potato chips. They have shiurim why you should enjoy lettuce and cucumber. Your wife is already trying 20 years to give you the shear. Cucumbers and lettuce and tofu and soybeans. The donut man. So Reb Chesky said, I said, what's the mission statement? So the mission statement is I told them the first day. Don't tell the children of Avakshi Hashem to love God. Do me a favor. I said, what's wrong with telling children to love God? I'll tell you what. Because when I was a kid, they screamed at me for 18 years to love God. And the way I imagined it is that there's some powerful king in heaven who's very, very mean. And not only is he mean, he's so mean that he makes me love him too. And if I don't love him, am I going to get safrasket? In Olam Hazen, in Olam Haba. And by the time I was 18, I was done with this love. I said, so what do you tell the children? I said, tell the children that God loves them. Teach the children. Show it to them. Don't teach it. Show it to them. Donut man. Donut child. He loves you. He wants you. He wants you to succeed. He's your biggest fan. He's your best friend. He's behind you. He's inside of you. He wants you to have the most amazing life, not only in the next world, there too in this world. And not just spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, psychologically. He wants to see you flex your muscles, actualize your potential, and live life to the fullest. Ahasti eschem, Amar Hashem. I gave a shear the other day. So somebody came over to me. I find the younger man. I've been tired of finished. Bavli, you're showing me six times. And he says, I don't know where you got this, but you mentioned the word love seven times in your speech. Sinisht ruach Yisrael sava. Sinisht ruach Yisrael sava. So I said, here, <laughs> Open up the bracha, avas oilam. He says, avarabah. But it's fine. Noch besser. I said, now you count me how many times put the word love into this bracha. I said, count. Seven times. And not only that, the first word and the last word. But they made sure to stick it in another five times. And I said, how long does it take you to say this bracha? Tell me the truth. He says, 16 seconds on a good day. On a bad day, 9 seconds. On a very good day, 17 seconds. I said, listen, my drasha lasted an hour and a half. And I said, love, seven times. This bracha takes you 11 seconds. You're much more filthy than I am. He said, Don't check this a second. I said, Yeah, don't check this a second. Yeah, exactly. You're allowed to emulate them. Nishke Ferlech, they did well. Hechziru atore leyoshne zagdegamari in Yuma. Why? Because only when there's the avas oilama haftonu, when I can experience viscerally, somatically. Rabbi Moshe, you know what somatically is? In the goof, in the goof. Mipsori echzelika. For the Balatanya Gitaich, me sorry, from the from the flesh, 
when you can experience it in your guf viscerally, in your nervous system, in the atzabim, in the nervin. As long as it's not in the nervous system, it's as garnish vert. It's up there in the brain. It's, it's worthless. Ganva pumachtarta zag de gemara in brachas. Rachmonakaye. A ganav, before the gneve, he always says a tefillah to Hashem. I always thought it's an interesting gemara. I don't know if you read. Last week, three days ago, somebody broke into a shul in Eretz Yisrael. And he went to the safe and he stole the crowns of the Sifritoid and he stole money. So they had it, they caught him on video. Before he left, what did he do? He kissed the Oren Kaidish. And he thanked the Rebbeinah Shalalem. Agamon and Brachas, Ganva, Pumachtarte, Rachmonakarya. He doesn't daven to Biden in the middle of a Gneva, not even to Netanyahu, not to Lapid, not to Bennett, and not to Trump even. He davens to Hashem, as Ayid, Zaganav, as Ayid. But it's cerebral, it's not real, it's not internalized. Yiddishkeit is aloof, it's sublime, it's abstract, it's detached. It's intellectual. And we're good intellectually. Jews are good intellectually. Traditionally, we did well. A Bachin, a very big, successful yeshiva. He came out of the yeshiva 21, 22. He comes to see me. He says, I have not a trop in gefil for Yiddishkeit. I haven't put on tefillin in years, even though I'm considered the best in the yeshiva. So I look at him and I said, how does such a thing happen? You learn 12 hours a day, 13 hours a day. He says, I'll tell you the truth. I came into the yeshiva and what I felt, what they really wanted from me is I should cut my head off. I should behead myself. The more I can detach my head from my heart, the more successful I would be. And the great achievement is whoever can ask a better question and prove that a yeshiva forgot a Rambam and forgot a Toysmith, that was called success. And the emotional relationship was just non-acknowledged. Now, this boy is really a very sensitive person. And I realized the tragedy of a Yiddishkeit that is so brainy. And we're good at brainy Yiddishkeit. We're good, let's face it. We did very well. Secular Jews, too, with their Nobel Prizes. And religious Jews, Lahavdal, with their Lambdas. We did very well with our brains. Doesn't work. Yidei cheiti masu. The mind is amazing if it's one with the heart, if it's one with the body. When I heard the Menahal, Harav Gluck speaking, and I heard him speak, I was very, prof- and I spoke to him a few days ago as well on the phone in preparation. It demonstrated to me the humility that every educator and parent and principal needs to have today. To be able to ask not what our children can do for us, but what we can do for our children. And as I was reflecting on all of this, I remembered a story. I heard the story from the Rebbe. He choked up very heavily when he told the story. I'll try not to. But the story is that the Balatanya called in a Melamed. He called in a Melamed in the city of Liazhin in Belarus. Now listen how you phrase an opportunity, an offer. He could have said, I want to hire you as a teacher for my son. The Mittler Rebbe, the Beinu Doiv he didn't. He said, You're to support your wife and children. A mitzvah of a mitzvah. 
let's exchange the mitzvahs. In other words, you teach my child, and I will pay you a salary. So the Rebbe said, as the Melamed As we know, it's not always the case. <laughs> you could be a teacher. In fact, many teachers went into Chinuch because nobody else would hire them for anything else. You remember those. So by default, he became a teacher. He says, Vaisto, he says, which is a tragedy of tragedies because to be a CEO of a pencil factory, I don't care if you're a dos, but giving children, So the Rebbe said, Vaisto, says, given a kluge. So he turns to the Balatanya and he says, it's not a fear deal. The Rebbe says, he says, you know what to do. It's money. You have to know how. In other words, he sees the opportunity to ask the Balatanya how you mechanach. So the Rebbe burst out crying. The Balatanya would answer everything with a nigan. He wouldn't speak in a regular conversation. For everything, there was a nigan. This nigan, the Rebbe said over by a fabrengan, he said over the way he heard it from his shver, who heard a doyra chadar from the tzamach tzedek. How, how the Balatanya said it, he pushed said it over, the fabrengan with the nigan of the Balatanya, which is very rare. So the Al-Tarebbe looked at him and he told this Malamed, who had become the Malamed of his own son and his successor, the Mittler Rebbe, he said, Heben heipt menon mit an alef. Chinuch heipt menon mit alef, alef beis. Vos is an Aleph. Vos is an Aleph. A pin telefoneben. A pin telefonunten. Dos is an Aleph. A yud von eben. A yud von unten. A kav von jeder shamayim beemza. Dos is an Aleph. If you look at the Aleph, there's a yud on the top. There's a yud on the bottom, and there's a line that connects them. So the Alter Rebbe was Mazber, that's what I want, that's what I want. I want you to teach my child, Aleph. There's a yud, and there's a yud, and there's a connection. And all of Yiddishkeit, what we call Yer Shemayim, is that kav. I used to play this story at my home when my kids were little every night. This is before MP3s, so it was an old tape recorder. You put in a tape, and I played it. I wanted them to hear this. When my boy was six years old, he's actually named after the Balatanya Shnei Zalman because his birthday is this week. I asked him, Ashaila, why did the Rebbe start weeping when he said over the story? Why? It's not a tragic story. It's not a sad. It's a beautiful story. So the six-year-old looked at me, and he said he was crying for the fact that you need a kav be'emtza to connect. Why should you have to connect them when really they're one? The fact that you have to connect them, that's sad. And then I re- remembered a story. And the story is that there was an eight-year-old boy. His name was Yisrael. He was a Yosem. Balatanya came through his city. His mother took him and his brother for a bracha. And Yisraelik asked the Balatanya, 
If you say Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echod, how could you say Vahafto? If Hashem Echod Einoid Mulvadoi, what's Vahafto? You should love. There's no you. It's the Balatanya said because in the middle you say Baruch Shem Kvoid Malchus Eloelam Vod, and that's Yichud Tato. That's a lower level of unity. It's not Yichud Elos. He could say Vahafto. This boy became the Bisrol of Rishon, the Helikid Rishon. So this boy was telling me, you need a kav be'emtza. Thus is the p'chiyas. Children are so capable of understanding everything and feeling everything. Somebody said, I can't talk to my child about ain't soif. I said, that's the only thing you can talk to your child about. <laughs> Children get it. Children get it. With ego and insecurity, they get it. People think you have to dumb down things for children. Avada, you have to talk to children in their signum. But children experience tachlis ha'emes, tachlis ha'pnimiyiz. Altigui b'meshicho yeilu t'nekush ha'bisrabon. That's the p'chines Mashiach, it's p'chines yichideh. When you see it in children, you see it because it's really there. It's the real reality there. That connection, that relationship. But in order for me to be able to help my child get it, get that olive, I need to be able to embody that. That type of connection, that type of relationship. All of life is bringing the two yuds, which are really one, in an infinite, endless, absolute relationship through that kav, of Yira Shamayim Be'emtza. You know, Repinches Horovitz, the Balaflo, he was one of the Goine Hador. On Ksuvis, he wrote the Hafla, which is Harav Pinches Levi Ish Horovitz. On Kedushin, he wrote Sefer Amakna. On Chumish, he wrote the Ponim Yafis. The Balaflo was going for Din in Ukraine. And he had to go through Rovne. Ravna is a city in Ukraine. The Magid of Mizrich was there. So he decided to check him out. He went into the Magid. As they say, he wasn't impressed. He decided, okay, next. The Magid says, before you leave, do me a favor, go into the base Medrash. There's a Jew sitting on the oven. They had the ovens in the winter. And is met them in learning. Talk and learning. So the Pinchas says, okay, why not? Before he leaves, he goes into the shul. There's a Jew sitting on the oven, he's in Talus and Tefillin, finished davening. He goes over to him. He says, your Rebbe asked me that I talk to you in learning. He says, you probably didn't hear right because Ich bin I'm not a person you could schmooze in learning. He says, no, he described you on the oven. He says, I'm the wrong person. He says, which Masech are you learning? He says, you'll see, I learn brachas. I can't learn complicated. I learn brachas. I'm a very simple Jew. He says, okay, well, schmooze in brachas. Which sugi are you learning? Saying he's learning the Suge Brachas Daf Memzayin Omer Reb Huna Tisha Va'aren Mitzdarfin. Reb Huna said, if you have nine Jews together with Aaron Kodesh, Hasman Aminyan. So uh, Reb Pinchas says, no. Fashtays the Gemara. He says, no. He says, what's what's the problem? Omer Reb Nachman. Reb Nachman tells Reb Huna V'chi Aaron Gavrahu. The Aaron is a mensch. V'chi Aaron Gavrahu. So the Gemara says, yeah, must be Reb Huna meant something else. He meant Tisha v'nidin ka'asara. Two shittas, mekanfi, mevadri, spread apart, tight. So the Pinchas says, no. So the Bzusha tells to the, the, the Pinchas, the Balafloi says, 
Reb Hune thought that Aaron is a Gavra. We needed the brilliant question of Reb Nachman, the Chi Aaron Gavra. What did Reb Hune think? That a, a, a bookcase, a shelf, a shank, an Aaron, an ark, is a Gavra? Is a, I don't understand. Reb Nachman says, what did Reb Hune think? He asks about a flaw. So the Pinche says, Chveisnisht. Shabzusha says, Ahava mining gemara is teira. What did Rebbe think? He says, Chveisnisht. So Rebbe says, I'll tell you what I think. When I push it here, but I'll tell you what I think. Tisha v'aren doesn't only mean a physical aren. It also means a person. You have a person in the Lashon HaGemara, Tzana Malasafra, as an Aaron. He's Aaron Kodesh. Lahavdal, they call it today Google. Yeah? The Gresta, yeah? The Gemara says, Talmud Chachem Iker Shabbos. So somebody asked why. So I said, Pashat, because in the middle of the week, he could Google, Vase Minister Beza Talmud Chachem. But Shabbos, Tafman Abyssal Canon Learner. An Aaron, an Aaron has inside of him the whole Torah. His brain is filled. Yet the Toysmus, yet the Yerushalmi, yet the Mishnah Bruder. Amalei Reb Nachman. Reb Nachman tells Reb Huna, Vichy Aron, Gavru. You think that makes you a Gavru? Das macht dir Mensch. The fact that you have stored in you information, das verwandelt dir in a Gavru, in a Isalikim. So you're a Google. Baruch Hashem, you're a Balkishnan. Maybe you're a bookworm. Maybe you're a little marjashchayna. You're a little depressed. So you like to learn. You're antisocial. Gewaldic. You're lucky. So your disposition punkt fit with the Haredi system. You could sit 12 years af a bank und steigen, steigen, steigen. Thank God you don't like people. Baruch Hashem. Vichyorin gavra. Pstamens. The orin is a gavra. It didn't become part of you. It didn't become part of your nervous system. He said, Repinchis Horovitz heard this. He said, Ich I'm here. And he became one of the G'doyle Talmidei HaMagit. How are we mechanach in such a way? I'll tell you the truth. I don't think we can educate our children that way. The only ones we can educate that way is ourselves. This is not an education you can preach about. This is an education that you radiate. So spiegelt sich up. Reb Naftali Rabchitzer once said, says in Prikayavis, Perik Beis. Listen to this one. Yehei moira rabach kemoira shamayim. What does that mean? Chassidim today have a very hard time with this Mishnah. Not only Chassidim, Litzvashayim. You should be afraid of your Rebbe like you're afraid of the Rebbe in Shlomo. And a man came to me, he says, you know my Rebbe. I'm not going to tell you his, uh, his Oisius. I should be afraid of him like I'm afraid of God. Really? What am I, a cult? I'm brainwashed? There's a mafia? I should be afraid of the Gaboyim too? They have more power than my Rebbe. So I told him, good, good, good. Listen to this. It's not a commandment. It's a prediction. <laughs> it's not a mitzvah. It's a prediction. Yehei moire rabach is a fact. 
the moida of your Rebbe is going to be exactly as deep as his moida of the Rebbe Shalom. It's a mirror. It's Mamash a mirror. The awe that he has from Hashem, that will just be mirrored in the awe that you have to him. It's a prediction. This type of education I don't preach. I mirror it. I live it. I reflect it. Real education is about self-awareness. It's asking about my triggers, my wife's triggers, how I'm triggered by my wife, how my wife is triggered by me, how I'm triggered by my children. This is not pop psychology. This is called avoidas Hashem. Everybody ask the question, why is it that Hashem revealed himself to so many people? Adam, Noyach, the snake, Chave, Avram, Mitzak, Yaakov, Avimelech, Lovon, everybody. Rivka, nobody got a burning bush. Nobody. How did he reveal himself? However he wanted. I don't know. I'm not a Navi. Suddenly, Moshe could have also just spoken to Moshe and say, Moshe, go be, go redeem the Jews. No. What's the Havon in this? There's two insights I want to share. One is from the Balatangel, Yoimadi Lula tonight, Lakuta Torah Parsha Shlach. The other one is from the grandson of the Balshamtiv, the Degel Machana Ephraim. I would say these two explanations in the Sneh are probably the two most important mission statements of Mavakshi Hashem and of Chinuch Tovshin Pei Gimel. Explanation of the Balatanya. Moshe is the one who's going to give Torah to Klal Yisrael. Here's one of the biggest questions, and I'll say it very bluntly. Does religion destroy people? Does religion destroy creativity? Does religion destroy passion, emotion, brilliance, self-actualization? I get 200 emails a day, and I'm not being exaggerating. Half of those emails deal with this question. I went through the system, I feel numb, dead, buried, emotionless. I hate Judaism, even if I don't hate, I'm faking it. My soul is not alive, I'm not on fire. Says the Balatanya, the Miraglim said, Eretz, Oicheles Yoshvel. What's that Oicheles Yoshvel? Eretz Yisrael is the land of Kedusha. You know what Kedusha does? It eats up everybody who goes there. You want to be eaten up? You want to become part of a system? You want to be a little screw in the Haredi culture? Stay from. You want to be a man? <laughs> you want to have personality? You want to be an individual? All the system wants is join the community, pay your dues, get onto the bleachers, and don't have too many opinions. And if you do, we throw you and your kids out of the school. And we're done. Eretz Oicheles Yeshva. Zogdalte Rebbe, Avala Emesu, Shameraglim, Shakronim Hoyu. How do you know it's a real ash? How do you know it's a godly fire? How do you know the difference if it's God or a cult? How do you know? 
The answer is, God had nothing better to do with his life than create a universe, give us a title just to destroy people's imagination. That's exactly what he wanted. He created my brain and then he tells me, make sure you never use it. He created my heart and then he said, make sure you never feel. Because if you feel, you become a dangerous person. Become a zombie and a robot. And follow the footsteps of your elders. And the more emotionally dead you are, the greater the Misha Beirach and the bigger the Leviathan you're going to get. Does that make sense to somebody? If Torah and Mitzvahs came to repress people, you create me to repress me. That's your teva hatoiv So Hashem tells Moshe, you're going to have to teach them soirefes ve'enoi cheles. The fire from Torah. If somebody feels that the fire of mitzvah is the fire of Yiddishkeit. Adayin. fire and they get mevaser, but okay. You don't want I should be uko. <laughs> we're good, we're good. If somebody feels that the passion, the fire of a blood gemara, the fire of an Amin Yehishmer Abba, the fire of a Bakiveger, the fire of an Ashba, the fire of a Mincha, is a hellas. It eats you up, it dulls you, it crushes you, it represses you. It's not the fire of the snare. It's not the fire of Yiddishkeit. It's a fake fire. It's a counterfeit fire. And now the Degel. Listen to this. The Degel Machin Ephraim says, a boy gets up, a boche gets up, a hipton davenen, fire. And suddenly, he's full of thorns and nothing is getting burnt up in the fire. In other words, the fire is not real. It's not authentic, it seems to him. And he says, I'm a liar. I'm a fake. I'm a hypocrite. Which brings us to the second major challenge today. And that is, how is it possible that people started to believe that struggle is evil? That if you struggle, you're a bad person. If you have an inability, a disability, if you have a setback, if you have a challenge physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, you must be a bad Jew and God hates you. Where did that krumkite come from? So Moshe says, it's a fake davening. The fire is not permeating. If it would be real, I am the God of your Tivus. I am the God of your Tivus too. Don't run away from any part of yourself. The relationship must be holistic and all-encompassing. Bring all parts of yourself into the relationship, including your questions. Why, why? Including your dilemmas, including your struggles, including your pain. I'm not afraid of your pain. I am the author of your pain. I am inside your pain. The thorn bush is also me. How profound that would be if every child in Kitehe and Vav and Zion and Ches and Tess, etc., etc., in Mavakshe, post Mavakshe, 
understands struggles are not something to be ashamed of. Struggles are your unique shlichus in this world, giving you the opportunity to grow in the way you have to grow. And even when the struggles are deep and serious and profound and they cause blood, sweat and tears, don't be afraid of your inner voices. Don't be afraid of the snein and the ukal. On the contrary, this is the Yesoid HaYesoidus of Yiddishkeit. The Balatanya called the Sefer, Sefer Shal them, not Sefer Shal Tzaddikim. And the main point is, not everybody could be that Tzaddik, should be that Tzaddik. The Bainani is the person who is aware of every voice inside of him and her and is not embarrassed and is not afraid. On the contrary, understands this is essential to my path, my vista. The Morayanayim says, When you're coming to get Tomei, this is your Pesach Leruach HaKodesh. This struggle you're having with Tumah, this is your gate to enlightenment. This is your gate to awareness. This is your gate to transformation. So, Baltanya had a Talmud. His name was Shmuel Munkus. He decided he needs to go visit his Rebbe. He was a poor man, so he started to walk. But it was a cold winter, winter in Belarus. It's a cult, more than New York. So he found a Jew on a coach, and he went over to him, and he says, maybe you're going in the direction of Liadi. He says, yeah. He says, can I get a, tra- a lift with you? He says, there's no place on the wagon, but in the back, he was a merchant of Yayin Sadov, of vodka and mashka and liquor. If you want to sit between all the barrels in the back, you could. Better that than walking. So he goes, and he's sitting in the back of the coach between all the barrels and the gate, and he's exposed to the climate, and it's freezing. So the poor Judah Shmuel is trembling from coldness. And he feels that Ma'at, he won't survive. He won't survive the frost. So he crawls up to the front and he asks the coach, the, the, the owner of the coach, he says, I want to ask you a big favor. Do you mind if I open one of the barrels at a You know, the Russians, that's how they survive the cold. He says, Pajalisteg, isn't it? Labriot, drink as much as you want. I have plenty. Baruch Hashem. So he goes, he opens up the barrel, one of the barrels, and he gives a drink, and Mamish saves his life. Comes to Liad, he goes into the Balatanya, and he tells him the whole Maisa. So the Balatanya says, Giba Kuk, for hours and days you were surrounded by Mashke. You were surrounded with the Yayin Sarov. So the Garnish Gehov. As long as you didn't pour it into the system. So the Garnish Gehov. Very often what's happening today is they say that if you're a poor man, you could live off credit cards for three years. You know that? You can have, well, maybe by us it could be 10 years. But uh, by the Goyim Zaktman, that if you have zero money in the bank. You could live off credit cards for three years. Right? Somebody's going to say Kaddish on the money. But that's the system. Yeah. After three years, it's going to catch up. Yeah. It also works in history that way. We have learned to live off the credit cards 
from the Heilige Zedis and the Heilige Bubbas and the Elte Bubbas and the Elte Zedis, the Chsam Soifer, Rebbe Kivegi and the Noyem Elimelech and the Heilige Baditshev, all the way to the Marsha. We live off their credit cards. We're surrounded by the Mashka. The Balatanya says, Madaf Oneben Toyem You gotta get it into the system. <laughs> it has to become mine. It has to become my child's. There comes a generation, this generation, is saying, either it's going to go inside my child, and then you don't have to be afraid of anything. Then you don't have to be afraid. If they get it, they'll get it. They'll get it. And if they don't get it, all the pressure and stress and fear in the world will work for a while, but at some point, Everyone is independent. At some point, all the limits are off unless you want them. And there's no success. There comes a time it has to go inside. I want to tell you something. There's a book I once saw. It's called The Life of a Forger. You know what a forger is? A Messiah. A felcher. I'm wondering, who would write an autobiography about themselves as a forger? A Messiah. We know Who wants such an autobiography that you manage to lie? But the story was a very different story. A French Jew by the name of Adolfo Kaminsky. He was 13 years old or 14 years old when the war broke out. He got a job in a cleaners. And the owner of the cleaners taught him how to clean out stains from clothes and die close. When he got arrested by the Gestapo, when Hitler took over France in 1941, he was arrested. He got out because he had citizenship from Argentina. He was born in Buenos Aires. His father said, you have to false, you have to forge identity papers that you're not a Jew. And because of his experience in the cleaners, he figured out how to get it out from the paper or the parchment, and he did it for himself and his family. When they heard about him, the resistance in France mobilized him. For the next few years, this man forged thousands of passports, yesh me'ayin, for Jews, that they are citizens of other countries, and saved them from being transported to the gas chambers. They say that this man saved 14,000 Jews because of false passports that he created with his own hands. One day he heard that in three days, the Nazis are going to send 900 children to Auschwitz. How do you make 900 passports in three days? You have to work 10 hours straight. After a few hours, your hands are killing. And you need koiches. He put his feet in water. He didn't take a break for eating. They fed him sandwiches. And even though his fingers felt like they were being destroyed, he continued for three days. And when they asked him, how did you do it? He said, I made a simple calculation. For every half an hour, for every half an hour that I take a break, 30 children die in the gas chambers. I can't. And he didn't. And all 900 children were saved. All of them. This Jew passed away last Monday. 
Tazayan Tevis in Paris. He was 97 years old. And I thought to myself, when he came to heaven, how many neshamas came to greet him? Each one of these children, parents, thousands of Jews that he saved b'moyadov. How many came to greet him this past Monday when he went up to the Oil of Mahamas, age of 97? We live in a different generation, but very often, when you look at what's happening, I sometimes have to tell myself, for every half an hour that I'm going to go to sleep and close my eyes and stop caring, another one or five or 10 or 20 or 30 children are going to die spiritually. And today... When children die spiritually, they sometimes also die physically. Between depression, addiction, overdose, suicide, dysfunctionality, the Ruchnis and the Gashmis work together. Nobody today can afford to close their eyes and say, I have a passport. Because for every half an hour that I close my eyes, I close my ears, and I become indifferent, I don't know who's affected. And therefore, tonight, we, Klal Yisrael, Ruach Yisrael, Am Yisrael, Teres Yisrael, and Elekei Yisrael, salute, Mavakshi Hashem, L'choy the dedicated, selfless Menahel, Harav Glok for his Mesiris Nefesh, Yoimam Belayla, On behalf of every child, as I walked in, I met three fathers. Said, Shalom Aleichem. I asked them all the same questions, separate. You're happy with this, Moisid? Or you just came to, uh, you know, you got to show up. PTA, you remember PTA? You remember that, Moisid? PTA, you have to show up. If not, your wife kills you. I said, each one of them said, yeah. I said, why are you so happy? And they all said the same answer. <laughs> they all said the same answer. My child feels loved and cherished and embraced as an individual, not just part of a collective. Three different fathers said exactly the same thing. They feel loved and cherished and embraced as individuals. May you go from strength to strength. May all the moizdas in all of New York and in the whole world emulate this incredible example May all of you be able to be the Va'era El Ha'ovois. And may all of us be able to live the Aleph of the Balatanya. Apin telefunabin. Apin telefununtin. Dos is an Aleph. Ayud funabin. Ayud fununtin. Akaf on Yiddishamayim Beemtsa, Dos is an Aleph. Thank you, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak. The Yeshiva.net, 